If you don't have compassion for other human beings, I promise you they'll feel that. Mm -hmm. I promise you if when you're sitting to them and you're pitching them or you're talking to them about your product or yourself or or you're even asking questions about them and their pictures they have around their office or whatever, they're going to know that you really don't give a shit about them, right? Mm -hmm. People feel that. Yeah. And, uh, and they'll feel whether or not you have love and compassion for other human beings. So that number one is, is vital. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sales Wolves podcast. This is episode 76. I am one of your hosts, Tyler Harris. Joseph Caldwell. And we are the Sales Wolves. Uh, All right. We used to give out a little more gump, didn't know, we? A little weak. But 76, yeah. <laughs> We're old wolves. Mm -hmm. old weathered. Wolves. Old weathered wolves. Weathered. Ye weathered wolves. This is episode 76. Why do we do this? <laughs> sounded so, so aggressive. <laughs> Why am I here? Well, God? for two reasons. <laughs> Number one, I asked you to. <laughs> and I said, please, and thank you. Uh, but why do we do this podcast for two reasons? Uh, the first is to show support uh, and appreciation for the salesperson. And if you're watching this, that's you. Uh, whether your actual uh, job title is sales or account executive or something like that uh, or not, every single day you're either selling yourself to do something or you're actually selling yourself to someone and how you um, show up uh, in the world, uh, but we're all in sales. And so this is to show support and appreciation because sales is a difficult game. Um, sales is a lonely uh, road at times. Uh, and so we just want to show appreciation and support for you. And number two is to provide some actual tactical um, things that you can use to get better, again, in your profession or in your life, whether you're in sales or not. So what's this holding space? It is the title of today's episode. <laughs> so this is just something that I, I've been hearing about a lot lately. And I've been finding is more and more important, especially in just day-to-day -day conversation. Uh, but whether it's from a stage uh, when you're speaking to a group of people, or whether it's just one-on-one -on -one, uh, meeting with a friend, uh, with a spouse, is just this idea of, of holding space. We've got a, a bunch of different definitions and some notes that we're going to go through, but one of the definitions that I found uh, that I liked was it's the process of witnessing and validating someone else's emotional state while simultaneously being present to your own. Do you know what's funny? What's the definition I had in my head before you read that was being intensely present and intensely aware of the other person all mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. And that's actually a lot of a lot of the notes that we're gonna go through. It's interesting. So I think these first points here, it starts with love. Um, in order to hold space, love is kind of at the center at that. It's compassion, um, it's being compassionate for another human being. I think that that has to be at the forefront of, of even this process of even attempting to hold space for another you know, human some being. Some people may ask why, why that matters in sales. Yeah. Like, why does holding space matter in sales? Um, and 
to hit that one head on right yeah. off the bat as you're talking about love. If you don't have compassion for other human beings, I promise you they'll feel that. Mm -hmm. I promise you if when you're sitting to them and you're pitching them or you're talking to them about your product or yourself or or you're even asking questions about them and their pictures they have around their office or whatever, they're going to know that you really don't give a shit about them, right? Mm -hmm. People feel that. Yeah. And, uh, and they'll feel whether or not you have love and compassion for other human beings. So that number one is, is vital, um, mm -hmm. I think, to be successful in any endeavor. Mm -hmm. so. And it kind of gets back to that people don't um, care what you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. Uh, but they have to be able to feel that and it has to be real. People, yeah. people know when it's real yeah. uh, or not. Um, yes, yes, I do, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> the second is this idea of deep listening. And so being able to listen, not just to hear, but actually listening <laughs> to, to understand. Uh, so it's a deeper level of, of listening. So awkward. <laughs> I need some space. I'm deep in <laughs> I need, I need to I'm hold some more space I'm, I'm over there. your space over here. <laughs> the third is this idea of sit with what is. And so it's just being there with that person, not necessarily, not necessarily trying to change them or fix right. them. It's just literally just being there. And, and one article that I read talked about creating this bucket like this bucket that people can pour their emotions into mm -hmm. and not really trying to change anything, just tr trying to provide that bucket Absolutely. Uh, for them. So think about, we have a friend of ours that's gone through some pretty, pretty hard, it's a pretty hard situation over the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I've tried to do when I'm talking to her yeah. is just allow that emotion to roll out mm -hmm. and and instead of trying to fix the situation, which you and I are both fixers, mm -hmm. um, you know, whether that be good or bad, it's it's just allowing me to be a safe place for that person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyway. And then that ties right into the fourth point here, which is be present. Um, and being being present with yourself first. That's the hardest thing for most people. Yeah. And I think especially with the world that we live in that's full of distractions. Um, it's hard for us to be present, period. Uh, no less be present for someone else. And then the last, which is maybe the most important, is this idea of non-judgment, um, that you're creating a safe space. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of ways that you can you know, foster that, create that. Um, but I think just creating an environment where the person feels trust. Uh, well, feels, I mean, if you do the first four. Yeah. It creates the non-judgment just comes along with it. Yeah. You know, it's like, yep, absolutely. So a couple things that holding space is not, it's not just listening. It's not trying to fix, solve, or provide alternative points of views, um, disconnecting or diminishing your partner's emotional experience. It's not a one-way conversation. So a lot of that that we mentioned before, just being able to, to listen um, on purpose and, and listen, uh, what was the exact phrase that he used? Listen, or deep listening, listening to understand, but it is a dialogue. Sure. But that dialogue doesn't, doesn't contain your ideas of how to fix their situation. Well, like, it's just like if you were telling me digging something, deeper, true. If you were telling me something and I'm asking questions about that, I'm not in my head already preparing my next sentence yeah. while you're finishing yelling. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Like I, mm -hmm. it, that's that's not present. Yeah. Like I'm I'm exiting 
the space we're in here, yeah. and I'm in my own head, and then coming back into it, and I will have not heard something very vital. Um, and that's that difficult, and that's difficult to do, especially when someone's talking for a long period of time, because you may talk for two minutes. Well, in the first 30 seconds, you said something that triggered something that I know about, mm -hmm. or that I know I can explain. And now we're a minute and a half later, and I'm still trying to, like, in my head, remember, like, okay, when he's ever finishes talking, <laughs> which is not the right mindset, but when he's done talking, I've got that first 30 seconds that he spoke about that I need to come back with, and it made it to where that entire minute and a half, I wasn't even listening at not all. Not a word. Not a word. And that's difficult on, That's like, why I talk in 15-second bursts with you. Ah. You may need to go to 10. <laughs> I'm playing with you. Um, so think, think, think of it this way. When you hold space, you're creating a container. Let's talk about like that bucket for the other person's emotions to come up, be seen without interference of your own, and then be released. So it's a place for them to be able to put their emotions, have those emotions be seen, like have you be able to witness those emotions. And validate them. Yeah, and then for them to just yeah. disappear. Because legitimately, emotions, when you can validate somebody's emotions, because it doesn't matter whether you whether would you, have felt Whether them, you agree or not. Or whether you agree with them, yeah, yeah. or whether you think that's the right emotion to have, that's what they're having. It's very real to them. So validating them and, and seeing for what it is is vital. Let's just jump right to that because that's that's a, that's one of the biggest points that I got out of this, um, this validation. It says, let's make one thing clear. You don't need to agree with them to validate them. I thought that was such an interesting statement. The biggest trap people fall into when holding space is that they're looking for evidence to agree with before they feel like they can give validation, mm. which mm. I think could be one of the most difficult things in a conversation with someone that you don't necessarily agree with their viewpoints or you don't necessarily agree with the, the issue that they're having or whatever they're uh, struggling with to still be able to validate. Like I validate that that's what you're feeling. Like I validate that that's what you're going through. Yeah. Um, the other person needs to feel understood. So this means you have to take a different viewpoint, put yourself in their reality for a minute and understand why they are thinking and feeling that way. And reflecting back their thoughts, feelings is the best way to do this. Um, so again, you don't have to agree. You simply just have to understand. So that was super frustrating for you, Tyler, right? Is that what I'm hearing? What's that? I'm just doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. So I may not have gotten frustrated at that. I may think it's it, it would be dumb to get frustrated, but his frustration was real, whatever the situation was. Mm -hmm. And and so I'm trying to understand the emotion. That Man, it sucks to be in that situation where you're that frustrated. It's kind of crippling, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And it allows him to open up and talk about it, and it allows him to understand that I see, I see where he was at or where he is at that moment. Um, it kind of reminds me of, and I don't know if it was from um, therapy. <laughs> so much. What was the book that we read that talked about the you don't ask why and how you ask what and, uh, uh, questions? Uh, uh, QBQ. Well, QBQ. Question behind the question. Question behind the question. Yeah. <coughs> but in book. but in those scenarios, in those conversations. I found that when you ask why questions, it puts people on the defense. Mm -hmm. Like, well, why do you feel that way? It kind of puts people on the defense of because I fucking do. Because or, that's you know, how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it makes them. Yeah. It makes them get defensive. So asking more of those, you know, what happened, 
to make you feel that way? Mm -hmm. Or what was it about that conversation you had with that person that got you so frustrated? Not like, why'd you get so frustrated? Yeah. Because it puts them on the, puts them on the defense. Because um, they didn't hear me. They didn't understand me. See, now I'm telling you, mm -hmm. I'm giving you insight instead yeah. of, instead of, instead of feeling like you're judging me or, oops, I just slapped the <laughs> microphone. Somebody's going to get, did I deafen you? <laughs> um, but, uh, but anyway. Yeah, so validation is one of the points in these three keys, uh, things that you need to know about holding space. And the first is that awareness is crucial. So your emotions, thoughts, opinions are going to get in the way. Being able to see what you think and feel is essential. It's what all really exceptional listeners, leaders, and therapists do. They hear what you say, feel what you're feeling, all while noticing, without judgment or attachment, what their own thoughts and feelings are about the situation. Right. So I'm able to feel what you're feeling mm -hmm. while also knowing how I feel about that situation and not have that take not over the view yeah. of, what, of what you're going through uh, based on. So without this awareness, you fall into this trap of trying to affect an outcome based on your own desires and opinions. For sure. So it's basically not, not letting your viewpoints, not letting my viewpoints overtake that to where I then, even unconsciously, I'm not trying to do this, but by not being aware of that, it makes it to where I'm trying to affect the outcome of the, of the, uh, of the conversation. Yep. Second one is listen past your own defenses. As much as you will feel the need to fix, solve, defend your point, be right or of service, the best thing you can do is realize that the whole conversation and point of holding space is to make the conversation about their experience and not about yours. And so part of this, yeah. I was just thinking, you know, with this first one about being very aware and, um, you have your thoughts, your mind, your will, your emotions, and those are what keep us from listening past our defenses. And I was just, in my head, I just saw like a word picture of, of like, you're over there, and along this line right here is a big old fence that is my mind, my will, my emotions is right here. And as long as I can make that transparent enough so that I can walk through there, my awareness can go through there and visit yours without letting this fence stop me from connecting with you. Mm -hmm. um, and that has to do with listening past your defenses. Yeah. Um, hmm. It's interesting. That is interesting. So a lot of this is giving them permission permission to trust their instincts, intuition, and to trust their internal wisdom, create the space for them to make decisions or take actions that might be different than your own, sure. which I think was, that's extremely important. If you find yourself struggling to listen without fixing or becoming defensive, try listening for their experience. An easy way to do this is to communicate back what he or she is feeling. So that's exactly what you just did. So, so, so you're feeling this. Mm -hmm. And just trying to trying to constantly um, be able to do that for someone. So what I wanted to do, because this is something I think you've done extremely, I have always done extremely well, is holding space for people. I mean, I can think of times where we we do these one-on-one -on -one meetings with our agents, and there's been some times where people just sit down and, and you just like say one sentence, and all of a sudden it's just like waterworks. They're just <laughs> crying and <laughs> emotional, and you're just like bringing up all these things. But I think it's because. And, and I don't know how you can maybe talk to that is, is that environment becomes very, um, 
it's a safe safe space, even though a lot of times it's with a a not employer employee dynamic, but similar d- type yeah. dynamic. Um, and maybe it's in in the way that you ask those questions. Maybe it's just in the way you observe. I think you're extremely observant um, into into people's emotions and kind of what they're going through. Um, but in group settings with our with the trainings that we do, and and certainly one on one, I think uh, you've done an incredible job at holding space and allowing people to be vulnerable. Because hmm. I've seen people become extremely vulnerable um, in situations that I would have never expected and people that I would have never expected mm-hmm. uh, to get that way, which is interesting. So I don't you know, know if that was a you question. You really want to know how... Um, <laughs> you look at me and you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a funny analogy. Um, or Have you ever seen the movie with Robin Williams, um, the Peter Pan one he did? Yeah, Hook. Hook, yeah. yeah. That was the name of it. When he's first in Neverland, and um, he's with the Lost Boys, and, you know, they're, they're trying to see if he is Peter Pan, right? And they're, none of them believe he is. And so, was it Rufius? Rufius? Rufio. The, Rufio, or yeah. Rufius, or whatever his name was, had the sword, and he was the mm-hmm. leader of, you know, the group, and whatever, and they're going back and forth and you know he'll make a statement and some of the guys would run over to Robin Williams side and then they would all and at the end they were all on all on the Rufio or Rufius or whatever his name mm-hmm. is side and the one little black boy it was like the youngest one of them mm-hmm. came across and and he was looking at him and he was taking his face and stretching mm-hmm. it and pulling it and looking and and he goes you are the pan. <laughs> and so literally, literally, it's, it, I don't, I can't put a exact finger on it, but it has to do with all of this working together, what mm-hmm. we've talked about today. Yeah. And just being uber sensitive to where people are and yeah. trying to place yourself, like trying to shred all bit of you down so that you can roll into wherever they are right there and most of the time it takes them talking for just a second or a couple minutes and you can literally hear where they are and it's almost like it becomes a picture and and you can start reading that picture mm-hmm. um i don't know it probably sounds weird but no. yeah. um that's kind of what happens. And, and sometimes it seems like it's those small, seemingly unseen, like, so how are things going? And you're just able to pick up on their response to that, and it's like, okay, it's about to get real. <laughs> so, like, so, so what did you think about the weekend? Well, okay, all right. <laughs> like, buckle your seatbelts. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's, that's true. What else? Everybody has their stuff, you know. Everybody yeah. has their stuff they're struggling with and they're fighting. And I think if and and everybody's stuff seems insurmountable to them. Mm-hmm. And so it's never a going in to fix it. It's just allowing them to let it out and observe. And when and when you can bring them alongside you to observe their stuff and you both observe it, then they can see the options to fix it. Mm-hmm. Whereas when they're sitting in their stuff, they can't see the options to fix it. So it doesn't matter if I tell them the options to fix it because yeah. they'll never fix it because yeah. they can't see it. 
But if you get them to come out and let go of some of the emotions surrounding it, like we were talking about with Tom Shea this weekend, and you yeah. and you get them to to observe what they're going through, then all of a sudden they come up with the options. Yeah, you know they don't have to be my options. Yeah, it just has to be their options to move forward now, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the that's the goal for for working with anybody like that one on one and talking through things. That moment with Jim was so surreal, surreal, profound, but. But just like what you're saying, having him have the ability to just talk through it. Yeah. And so it was on the vlog episode. Um, we put on the vlog episode just that that first moment before right. Tom said to cut the cameras. Yeah. But when he said um, about being depressed yeah. and about thinking about his funeral and about his legacy. Mm-hmm. And about the fact that, yeah, I just don't think anyone's going to show up at my funeral. And that's... And that's why I'm depressed. And then when Tom, it's so funny how he first, the first thing he said was, I want everybody in here to um, forgive me up front. Okay, thank you for forgiving me. Great. Who cares? Yeah, who? who, who he's like, you don't care. That wasn't the issue. And he's like, I care. He's like, no, you don't care. But because if you cared really about that, then you would have already made a change. So that's not what's depressing that's not you. The thing. So what's really depressing you? But um, you see how the emotion around that was masking the real issue. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens with people. They come out with this, and you you just have to, on that first gobbledygook, you have to be like, I'm sorry, that's not it. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good, and and our brains are hardwired to protect this issue down here that you really don't want to talk about, Mm -hmm. this fucked up shit that you didn't want to tell anybody. You know? And And that's just how... That, I think... So holding, holding space is not allowing the first part. Holding space is being able to take it to the real problem. Yeah. Like you allow giving them part. the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, of course. But then you show them, you, you spring them alongside you and be like, really, is nobody at your funeral really going to bother Because you're going to be dead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Sean Whalen did that to me when I was out there. Yeah. I told him what I wanted as a legacy, and he was like, Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we just started getting real, you know. Yeah. So absolutely. Anyway. So when I, I was met with um, Jonathan Parker yesterday, and and we were talking about the fact, that? Um, the art of conversation, uh, we had him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. A good friend of mine. Um, but we were going through some stuff in the Bible, and we talked about the fact that, like, just all the way back to Genesis one, when when he said when when it says that God made us out of his image. And so we talked about this idea of, of every person, every person being an image bearer. Mm-hmm. And that if you look at people, anyone, whether they're black, white, Hispanic, Muslim, like what, whatever, any, any person, no matter what they've done, what they've been, if you look at them as an image bearer, that they are imprinted with this image that God put in them, um, that it gives you, that it gives him, and that was the encouragement, it was to give the ability to hold space for anyone. Because there's people that you don't normally have conversations with that get to that True. level. But when you look at them as who they really are and mm-hmm. who that they were created to be, right. um, that regardless of what 
um, exterior appearances and mm -hmm. exterior actions and all that mm -hmm. stuff that if you look at them for who they actually are, then everyone deserves to have their space held for them, mm -hmm. to be able to have those real conversations, to get to know those people and who they really are and what they're really going through. Sure. And not, especially in those situations, and not having the lens of, I'm gonna fix them. Having the yeah. lens of, I wanna understand them. Yeah. And I think that's what really this is, this is all about. And it's just a different, if you really embody this idea of holding space for people, it just gives you a different lens that you view the world in, mm -hmm. to me, um, and, and viewing every single person in it, because that you all of a sudden see every person, regardless of their background, and regardless of, of, of everything about that person that you think you know, that, that they're a human that was made in the image of God. And, and that, likeness. And likeness, it's both. Um, and there's something powerful behind that, I think. So, so yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. So That's why I started praying to myself and thanking myself for the food. <laughs> <laughs> that you didn't prepare. That I didn't prepare. <laughs> Anyways, guys, Slush. that is uh, a quick episode 76 on this idea of holding space. Hold space for someone today. Hold space. Or just hold <laughs> Or, or just today. hold someone's <laughs> space. All right. Thank you, guys. Talk All right, guys. Soon. With that, I am Tyler Harris. Just and we are the Sales Wolves. Oh.